Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We enjoy talking to you. Thanks for listening to us. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, a little bit of limbo here for the Browns as we get ready for training camp coming up here in just a few weeks. But there still is, and there will always be uh, news about what's going on with the Browns quarterback situation. Uh, Let's start with Deshaun Watson. And uh, last week when we last checked in, his hearings were still going on. Uh, Daryl, what's the latest on anything that we heard from that? And, I I mean, we know one source that's been spitting out information about what they believe happened uh, inside the hearings. What what are you hearing and what do you think? Well, obviously they're all done now, and uh, it is up to each side to submit their five-page brief to Sue Robinson, uh, the the post-hearing brief. Those must be submitted by next week. That's not to say they can't be submitted sooner, but – 
Uh, Next week will be the deadline for those to be submitted to her. And then I would anticipate shortly after she receives those briefs and goes through them and, and, you know, those type of things, we we should have a decision here before training camp as to whether or not uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be able to play football. And if there is any discipline as a result of a violation of the conduct policy, we should know. Uh, how long he will be uh, not permitted uh, to take the field. So uh, it's it's going to, I think, a little bit of a slow-moving process right now. Got to wait for uh, now that the hearings have been done. Both sides had their opportunity to make their case, make their argument for and against the suspension for Deshaun Watson. Uh, they'll, uh, again, submit their, their legal briefs to her. She will review those. And then I anticipate uh, within a couple of days after uh, her completing the review of those briefs, uh, we should have something from her uh, in regards to a decision. How much pressure is there on the league to accept Judge Robinson's decision? So, as uh, you know, we've talked about this endlessly, that Judge Robinson makes a recommendation or it, it, it becomes a recommendation if the league decides they don't want to enforce the penalty that she handed down. And we also know that along the way from uh, from looking at the CBA that if she says there is no penalty, then there is no recourse for either side to uh, be able to appeal the process to the commissioner. So what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, look, I, I mean, she's, I, I think, in a tough spot. I also feel like it helps that she is – she really is impartial. Um, she is not employed only by the National Football League or just by the NFLPA. She's been jointly uh, appointed. Um, uh, the fact that she's a former federal judge, she certainly knows how to weigh evidence. She certainly knows how to weigh testimony. She knows how to weigh uh, deposition evidence as well. Uh, she knows uh, hearsay evidence. I, I think that that's one of the big arguments from a defense standpoint of Deshaun Watson. Um, you, you hear a lot about hearsay uh, in this, too. So she understands uh, the, the legal the ins and outs of things. And I, I look, I think that that um, is somewhat comforting as far as the outside view of the process, right? That she is going to render an impartial ruling. And, uh, you know, if she, I, I also think it makes it easier for the NFL to accept what she comes up with. Okay. If, if she says no suspension, obviously the league was looking for indefinite with a minimum of a year. They're not going to be happy with that. But I think it, it, they obviously have to accept it because it's in the in the CBA. If she says he doesn't violate the policy, that's the end of the the discussion, and then everybody moves on with their lives. Um, but if she comes up with a set number of games, um, you know they the league can appeal, or Deshaun's people and the NFLPA can appeal that, and then it goes to the commissioner. And I don't think anybody wants it going to the commissioner, which is, I think, part of the reason why this process was kind of put in place. So I, from, the, from a confidence in the process standpoint, um, I, I've said it before, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I really do like this new process of having 
someone like Sue Robinson with her legal expertise and, and her resume, her background, I, I think it makes it very, very easy to sell this new process, if you will, and easy to accept whatever ruling she does make. Just looking at the story from the big picture, Daryl, we have taken a, a kind of a roller coaster ride here over the last couple of weeks. After it kind of settled in that there were 24 uh, lawsuits and then 20 were settled, that, you know, one day you hear he is going to be, you know, the league is pushing hard for him to be suspended indefinitely without pay. And then middle of the week last week, you start hearing eh, maybe four to six games. How are we on such a gigantic spectrum on what the outcome of this might be? Well, I think part of it is because of the uh, significantly different uh, points of view and desire for outcome, right? The NFLPA right. and Deshaun Watson, they are pushing for no discipline, no suspension, right? And then on the other side, you have the National Football League who is pushing for an indefinite ban. Come talk to us in 2023, and you're not playing in 2022. So I, that's why I think that there's such a, a, a wide difference of opinion on how this thing's going to play out because there is a Grand Canyon-sized chasm between what each side is looking for. The Associated Press published a story uh, last week, which we put on the station website, in which someone from Watson's team uh, basically said something to the effect of, our goal is just to get him on the field in 2022 uh, in, in some way, shape, or form. And, and, I, and I've said it. Look, if he gets to play football this year, that's a win for Deshaun Watson's camp. And, I, and quite honestly... I would take whatever Sue Robinson hands down because there is the risk that the commissioner, if you appeal, he just drops the hammer and makes it even worse. So if it's X number of games, I think that Watson's camp should take that and run with it and, and be done with it. Now, I that's my view. That's my opinion. I want to stress to our audience that Deshaun Watson has the right to appeal through the NFLPA, any and all discipline uh, that is handed down against him. But my view of the situation is that if it's X number of games and he is allowed to play the back half of the season, he should accept whatever discipline does get handed down in that regard because that would meet that goal of whoever said that to the Associated Press about our goals to get him on the football field in 2022. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
So there were a couple of big stories. One, we had Amy Dash on Friday um, on Baskin and Phelps, who is our legal inside uh, expert for Odyssey, who was our parent company. Um, and she gave us some great information. And then there, there's another side of the story that kind of uh, picked up a little bit, too, again, with Mike Florio. And Mike Florio's – it is interesting how Mike Florio's voice is, is loud in this case, especially because he's just dropping information. I think that no one else is, whether – you know, it, it, whether you want to think it's commentary or you want to think it's news, that's uh, to the eye of the beholder of whoever's reading it. Um, but uh, let's start with uh, with Amy Dasher for a second. Again, Odyssey legal expert and, and insider on all this stuff. And, and so when we were talking to Amy the other day, um, there were a number of things that, that came up. And, and, and one was what I'm talking about right now, about Mike Florio and what Mike Florio has been and is giving out for information. I thought Mike had a really interesting point again uh, as he was trying to uh, size up the entire case um, over the weekend. Uh, well, actually, yesterday is when it, when it first hit, which was Monday on July 4th. Um, and he had talked about, you know, the way the NFL is going at it, that they weren't really pressing um, what could be, you know, gigantic um, suspension talk that's going on here that they weren't um, the, the line wasn't I'll read it straight from his from his piece absent evidence of actual sexual assault and the league's case rests on two catch-all provisions that at, at the bottom of a uh, list of bullet point in the policy is that you know when you look at the CBA or you look at the conduct policy sorry if this isn't coming out real clear but when you look at the at the policy of of personal conduct it says that conduct possesses a genuine danger and safety and well-being of another person which would be against the personal conduct and then the other part of it is conduct that undermines or puts at risk the integrity of the nfl nfl clubs or nfl personnel again you can read all this this is in the nfl personal conduct policy but he you know he said how the league was going after things or not going after or trying to prosecute um Watson in this situation to prove that there needs to be some sort of suspension, you know, that the, the, the act of violence does not come into play here. And so I just think it's, it's, it's interesting how Florio lays this thing out about how it seems like the NFL backed off a little bit from what they might've been trying to do to get a, to get that full year suspension, to get the unpaid full year suspension if you read Florio's piece on that, and then when we had Dash on, she was like, hey, when you're listening to Florio, and here's the cut we're going to run from Dash, when you're listening to Florio, keep this in mind. I, I think this is all speculation, to be honest with you. You know, what happens a lot of times is that the sources are on one side of the fence. So they're pushing a narrative that's favorable to them. Like, for example, if I would talk to Tony Busby, he would tell me all the stuff that supports his clients' cases. Then I talk to Rusty Harden. I'm hearing the total opposite. So the truth always lies somewhere in the middle, right? And I think if you're going to assume any one of the extremes, you're probably going to be wrong. Now, I've been shocked before over the years covering things, like with, with the Zeke Elliott outcome um, and some other, some other things that really surprised me. But... I, I don't see a scenario, at least for now, where there is no discipline. I just don't see that happening because of the number of people, um, you know, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's very extreme to say something like that. So 
listen, I think that Sue Robinson will be fair. I absolutely think that she will do this on a case-by-case basis, but I think there will probably be a couple of cases, maybe not a lot, but a few, where there is evidence to suggest that something more likely than not happened in the massage room. And, and we know that it did because, you know, Watson's admitted that there was consensual stuff that had happened. Uh, post that, and the New York Times article also had the, you know, the woman who, who it was not a part of a, any of the legal procedures here, and that she just didn't, you know, she just, she said she was friends with Deshaun. But uh, there's another piece to the Florio story too, Daryl, that I think is interesting. And just kind of tag out what, what Amy said in his piece. He said there's a question of whether the NFL may have deliberately scaled back the effort to create the impression that Watson's behavior extended so broadly in the light of the lawsuit filed on uh, last week. I'm just trying to keep timing right for us well, as if you're listening to this, against the Texans for allegedly knowing about Watson's alleged habit and taking no steps to protect the women who eventually found out during the massages that he would try to make it something else. Again, that is straight from Mike Florio's piece. I, and I brought this up last week when we were talking, Daryl, that I think the NFL's in a really weird spot here right now because the more they sit on Deshaun and try to make the, the suspension longer, do they not make the Houston Texans look worse if they were facilitating this? So if it can be proved in the civil court that the Texans were facilitating or helping out Deshaun Watson in trying to arrange uh, these massages and knowingly knew that maybe – Deshaun, uh, Deshaun's definition of a massage might be different than, than the common definition. You know, could the Texans be held liable in this thing? And and so now, if the league says the hammer, then if you're the attorney for the plaintiffs in this case and you're trying to, to prove that something was wrong with the Houston Texans, and they do, the Texans are going to get shattered. That's what I would think. So that you know what I'm saying? Like the NFL's in an unbelievably crazy spot here because the harder they fall on Watson, the harder it may fall on the Texans. Well, uh, I, I do think that whatever uh, ruling uh, comes from Sue Robinson, as far as discipline goes, it will impact the legal proceedings, whether it's the four remaining wa- lawsuits against Deshaun Watson or the suit that was filed uh, against the Houston Texans. Um, if, if, uh, again, we're just having a discussion here, but if Sue Robinson recommends a severe punishment, and I would define that as more than 10 games, right? Then the, uh, plaintiffs, uh, Tony Busby, uh, and his, uh, his legal team will likely argue in court See, even the NFL says that Deshaun Watson is guilty of uh, wrongdoing. And this is why right. we are here. We are in this courtroom right now seeking damages on behalf uh, of our clients. Uh, if the league um, comes out, and, or I should say if Sue Robinson does not discipline Watson and says no, uh, while the allegations against him might be abhorrent or gross or whatever adjective you would like to dis- use to describe them, he did not, by the letter of the law and the collective bargaining agreement, violate the league's conduct policy, and therefore I am recommending no discipline. This uh, this case has been dismissed, and uh, everybody uh, go on their way. 
that then becomes fuel for Rusty Harden's defense of Deshaun Watson in court to say, hey, even the NFL said that my client was not guilty uh, of uh, wrongdoing that would lead to discipline um, by his employer. So, uh, yeah, I do think that that's what makes this such a difficult situation is that whatever the outcome of this goes from a disciplinary standpoint, one side or the other will likely use that in a court of law next year as these civil cases that do make it to a courtroom play out. There's one other cut I want to play here too from Amy when she was with us on, on Friday, and that has to do with contradicting evidence and trying to understand how that plays in this case. So that was cut three from Amy Dash. But the NFL would say that this determination of a year is based on a thorough investigation by private investigators, by people who have experience with prosecutions in this area, in the criminal justice system, with law backgrounds, who looked at all of the evidence. You know, they they watched the police interviews with the women that filed criminal complaints. They looked through all of the civil allegations. They interviewed the women. They interviewed Deshaun Watson. And based on all this evidence, they filtered out, okay, these are the couple of cases where we feel the allegations are serious enough, there's evidence to support them, and most importantly, there's not contradictory evidence that would cast doubt on the accusers. And I think that's key here because we've heard throughout this process, because it's been so public, it's really been a war between Harden and Busby, and it's been played out in the media, so we've gotten to hear about some of the evidence, and we've heard that in some of the cases, you know, the women are accused of saying that Watson may have sexually harassed or assaulted them, and then the next day or a couple days later or a week later, sending him a text, hey, can I massage you again? Hey, that was great. When can we hang out again? Whatever it may be. So when you have contradictory evidence like that, then and it's a he said, she said to begin with, so it's all circumstantial anyway, you know, it would be a hard, you'd have a hard time disciplining in that circumstance because it's not fair. But if you have evidence, and also, let's not forget, depositions from Deshaun Watson, that cast doubt on what he's saying and the evidence goes in favor of the woman, well, then it, it might be unfair to just completely discredit that and not discipline at all. So that's why it has to be decided on a case-by-case basis. And they would tell you, we're, we're making this recommendation based on the evidence, six games for three cases. That's a year already. You know, that's only three cases with a minimum of six. You're talking about a full year. So, so that's like actually discipline in a minority of the cases rather than a majority of the team. And, Daryl, I think that's one of the reasons why we are where we are right now as far as, you know, on the outside looking in, trying to figure out how long the suspension is going to be. Because you, you could look at it a million different ways, and you may think he's not getting a very long suspension one day, and the next day you're like, oh, he's done for a year with no pay. I, I, I think that's why we're all on the roller coaster, a lot of what Amy said there. Yeah, 100%, because again, the the opposing views uh, of this situation are just so dynamic um, and different. Um, and yeah, Ed, uh, I, I thought she raised a, a, a pretty important point about how the NFL presented things to Sue Robinson to make sure that their argument was as airtight as possible. And so to do that, they felt focusing on five specific allegations, or I, uh, from, or I should say allegations from five 
different women, right? And right, to, Interview, to, interviewing but, five of the women, yeah. Right, by narrowing that scope, because remember, one allegation, or, or I should say one instance of wrongdoing, if Deshaun Watson, in fact, did what he's accused of, and we don't know, again, these are allegations that have been made in civil court, and these are allegations that the NFL has investigated to see if he, uh, you know, violated the conduct policy. So again, you know, want to stress that. But if he is guilty of wrongdoing, right, uh, then uh, one is too many. Uh, that's one, you know, just 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 one instance of wrongdoing is too many. Uh, but um, by narrowing the scope, you eliminate as she was talking about that contradictory evidence. And so they went with, um, and you'll see prosecutors do this too in, in cases where there are, uh, you know, multiple victims, they will, they will narrow their scope of the allegations to ensure that they get the conviction of the person that's accused, right. That they have taken to court accused of a crime and are prosecuting for said crime. You'll see prosecutors, and then on the flip side too, you'll see prosecutors also widen the scope of the allegations and charges against somebody in an effort to get get a more severe punishment for that crime too. So I think the approach by the NFL was smart. They picked what they felt were the five most compelling women to make allegations uh, against Deshaun Watson to present those. And then kind of use the remaining lawsuits as to establish an alleged pattern of behavior. So, um, yeah, and that, and you know, Amy being a lawyer, you know, Mike Florio, he, you know, he's a lawyer. So uh, these are people who are experts in this field. I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go to law school. I didn't realize I needed to go to law school just to cover uh, the Cleveland Browns way, in the though. National Football League. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's, that's why we listen to these people because they understand the law, the legal process, proceedings, procedures, and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's why that, that's a big reason why as they provide information and analysis and that, you know, the uh, opinions from day to day can change. He's Darrell Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. We love having you on board. And if you want to, subscribe. We'd love to have you as a subscriber as well. And if you want to be a part of the show in an upcoming uh, podcast where we'll read your, your tweets and your emails and everything else, uh, hit us up on Twitter at GameDayCLE, at GameDayCLE. When we come back, we talked about one quarterback uh, who Browns fans, I think, are hoping will be the quarterback this season. And then there's the quarterback who was the quarterback who many think is on his way out the door, except the next person we're going to hear from. What am I talking about? Hang on. It's always game day in Cleveland.